The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by PennyMac TPO, the lending partner with the products, people, and technology to serve your customers and help you grow your business in the best ways possible. It's why they say, at PennyMac, greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is the division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. The appraisal business is modernizing, but how much has really changed? Welcome to The Principal. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director of the Mortgage News Network. And today I'm joined by Jillian White, Head of Growth with Aloft Appraisal. Hi, Jillian. Hi, Christine. Thanks for joining me. Um, So you recently spoke at the MISMO conference in DC. Tell me what has changed and what has stayed the same about the appraisal business? Um, I think COVID was a real forcing function for appraisal modernization. So you have a situation where appraisers don't want to go into people's houses, people don't want appraisers in their houses. And so um, for the first time, we were kind of forced into this new world of desktop appraisals and virtual inspections. And um, that is what has changed in terms of what has stayed the same pretty much everything else. Um, So there haven't really been any changes in terms of of the demographics or appraisal methodology or um, use of technology outside of the forcing function of things like virtual inspections. Okay. And so bias in appraisals has really been a hot topic recently. Um, So how has the industry begun to address that issue? Well, Uh, The first step that the industry is taking is to acknowledge it. So it it has been a trending topic. And I feel um, every time there's a conversation about it, it it just raises the level of awareness. Um, In terms of like what's actually being done, I've said this before, I'll say it again. I feel that the low hanging fruit is really um, diversifying the population because when you have the least diverse population in all the United States of America, it makes it impossible for the appraisal industry to say, no, we're not biased. Like just the the optics of it are not the least bit favorable. Um, Did that subside at all during the pandemic because the appraisers weren't actually able to go onto the properties or was there any sort of um, finding with data, you know, doing it more on a data-based level versus actually going to someone's home? I believe one of the GSCs put out a report regarding um, the level of bias when it's like a hybrid model where the appraiser is not the one inspecting the property versus a traditional one where they are the one inspecting the property. Um, and the data supported that, yes, it, it, it does help. Also, in terms of public trust and restoring it, if the person who enters your home is not the person who's attaching their opinion of value to the property, I think for homeowners, it also gives them a sense of getting uh, a more fair shake. 
Don't miss the largest regional mortgage show in the nation. The New England Mortgage Expo returns to Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, January 12th and 13th. See us at www.nemortgageexpo.com. Start your year with the best connections in the industry. Dozens of sessions, scores of exhibitors. It's where success is written every hour. www.nemortgageexpo.com. Interesting. Um, so the average age of an appraiser is 59 years old. So how do we get young people interested in this? I mean, and it also tends to be a more male predominant industry. So I guess, how do we get more more females involved? I think uh, one of the first steps is just awareness. I know for the people in my life outside of mortgages, outside of appraising, I'm the only appraiser that they know. And I know this to be true for a lot of appraisers um, out there. So most people don't even know that this is an option. Um, And then the other piece is I think the industry has to actively attract new and diverse talent. Um, All of us tend to gravitate towards people who look like us. Um, I have seen this in my own career. I have worked disproportionately with female appraisers. We only make up 30% of the appraiser population, yet in my career, it's probably been 60% in terms of who I'm working with closely. That's probably not an an accident. I I didn't even realize it, but I was seeking out these people. So when you have the average appraiser being a 59-year-old white male, if we just leave things to its natural course, what we're going to get is more 59-year-old white males. So there really has to be a push to both educate the population that this is uh, even an option, and then really to attract talent and be like, hey, look at all the tech that um, is possible in the appraisal industry. And and for women, I think it's a great career path. Um, The female appraisers who, who joined my firm, they we're attracted to it because they're like, oh, you mean to tell me I can go to my kid's school and still do, you know, like snack time, or I can take off and like set my own hours. And I was like, yes, you have complete flexibility. So the fact that there aren't more female appraisers, I think really speaks to just the lack of awareness that this is even a, a career path. Yeah. So what is the pipeline? Like, how did you become an appraiser, I guess? Um, I became an appraiser when I graduated from school. I had this incredible degree that I was very clear that I didn't want to do anything with it. And so with that, it completely freed me up to figure out, okay, what what is my next step going to be without being um, limited to what I studied in school? And so I kind of worked backwards in terms of lifestyle. What kind of lifestyle do I want to have? And I remember it was really important to me that I have the freedom to go food shopping on a Tuesday at 11 a.m. And so the first thing that came to mind was real estate. Uh, for my 14th birthday, my parents said, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to go to open houses. So I've always loved seeing people's homes and how they live. And it gave me the flexibility, um, but I didn't know about appraising. So I actually became a salesperson first. And it was only when I was uh, taking my salesperson course that they started mentioning the appraiser. And I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. Interesting. Um, So has this all you've done your entire career? You've been, well, a real estate agent and then an appraiser? Yeah, I, I was a real estate agent for like a hot minute. I've sold two houses. So that was like just for friends and family. Um, yeah, since college until now, uh, a pre- I've been an appraiser 50% of my life. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so where where would you recommend people go if they want to become an appraiser? 
like like where you know where's your where's your entry point i think um a great first step for anybody looking to become an appraiser is to check out the appraiser diversity initiative this is sponsored by fannie mae freddie mac um the national urban league and also the appraisal institute and so um for the people who apply and get acceptance to the program they will pay for all of your coursework and then they have sponsors who help people get paired up with supervisors after the fact. So I think that's like the number one stop for anybody looking to become an appraiser. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your insight. You're very welcome. Thank you. We'll be right back with a word from our sponsor. This podcast was brought to you by PennyMac TPO. Visit tpo.pennymac.com to learn more about becoming a partner and starting your journey to greatness. PennyMac TPO is a division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. Here are the rest of your headlines for today, October 7th. For the third time in two months, Loan Depot has reduced its capacity to fund loans by $500 million, a combined reduction of capacity totaling $1.5 billion. In other news, the U.S. added 263,000 jobs in September, and unemployment dipped to 3.5%. And for the seventh consecutive month, a survey by Fannie Mae found consumers are increasingly pessimistic about the housing market. Consumers surveyed for the Home Purchase Sentiment Index reported expectations that mortgage rates will move higher over the next 12 months, and for the first time since May 2020, more respondents expect home prices to decline. And finally, Guild Mortgage's 321 Home Plus program enables consumers to purchase a home with as little as 3% down. This has been The Principal, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by T.G. Cotamperor, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Woolock. Mike Savino is head of multimedia, and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygates. You can find episodes of The Principal at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com, or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.